Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. One of the greatest things that stops us from moving forward is, is unforgiveness. And, we, we, and, and holding on to a, a, a bitterness, resentments and things like that. And, um, you know, anything can indoctrinate your soul, but you want God's Word and the purity and the truth of God's Word to indoctrinate your soul. Indoctrination is a dirty word in the world today, but we need to do that to our souls. We need to fill it with God's Word. So um, God, as you know, He's omniscient. He's without time. He lives in a realm and a dimension that has no, that has no time. It, 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 he's eternal. But because we're human, we're aware of our time. We're aware of the time that we have. If anyone is like me, I have regrets over the time that's been squandered, wasted years. How many people, that comes back to your mind, have wasted so many years, apprehensive about the time that remains Oh, how much time do I have left? But we have to understand that God is over all that. And he wants us to go from, you see, he can change things in the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye, he can change things. But then once that change comes in, like you're born again, you're saved, there's then a process of time. And he wants to take you to maturity, the word says. And he wants to have you fully, uh, he wants to um, see you operate out of spiritual vitality. When you have someone who's effervescent and full of the Spirit, that begins to um, catch the people around you. Amen. Does anyone know anyone like that? (laughs) Effervescent. And that's what happens. And spiritual vitality, I believe, has a way of rubbing off on people around you. And it's, it's the witness that God wants us to have. Cultivating vitality takes time. It takes discipline. It takes so many things. Um, in our dimension of time, we get frustrated. We run out of patience. And if we haven't seen change, we get ready to give up or we contemplate giving up. Is there anyone in here today that's, I wish this would change. I've been waiting a long time. And nothing seems to have moved. Well, God is the mover of the immovable. Amen. In God's dimension, he's saying, it's not time to give up. Stand fast. Stand fast in the evil day. Stand on my word. Don't give up. Because your awareness of your time is different to the way I see your life going. And this is why we have to spend time with him in the Spirit, so that we know. Amen. And so that we don't become discouraged. Every season has an end. Every season, and uh, we know all the seasons, sowing and reaping, mourning and dancing, you know, sorrow and joy, all of these things, but every season has an end. It will come to an end. So, as Christians, I believe that we have to be aware of our time and make time work for us and not let time be against us. Amen? There's certain things that you'll do with your time and that time will never be against you. Time spent with the Lord is never time that's against you. 
And isn't that funny how it's always the hardest thing to do? It's usually, we've experienced that in the last four weeks trying to get through a project at home. And um, I think God probably feels a bit neglected, I have to be honest. We've just been pretty, like, running on all cylinders for about four weeks. But time spent with him is never time that's against you. Time in the Word, time in worship, time in prayer, time in study is never time that is against us. And God sees you right where you are now, but he's more concerned about where you are going than where you are right now. He's more concerned about where you're going to. If we're determined to move on and not stay where we are, and you need a lot of determination to do that. It can be easy. My, um, my dad told me one time, a, a, grave, a, um, a grave is just a rut with the ends kicked out of it. You're in it forever. But if we are determined to move on and not stay, God overlooks the limitations and the, the, the issues we're dealing with in the here and now, and he helps us. And uh, life is full of weaknesses and limitations. But it helps us to rely on God. We're not God. So there are things, there are weaknesses and limitations where we are now. But if he sees your heart and he sees that you're determined to cross over and to go forward, amazingly, you begin to find that he sends people across your path and he, 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 people that are vital to your future. His spirit begins to work with you. You begin to work in this symbiotic relationship with the Holy Spirit that moves you on and crosses you over. Amen? So we have limitations. I know that. God is unlimited, and we sometimes feel limited. But I understand now that it's because I can't depend on myself. And I was never designed to be able to do this journey by myself. I was designed to do it with all of you, with my wife and my family and my church family. Amen? And so um, all of these things are, are, are in some way dependent on where we are and where we're going. And it's time-bound, it seems, in our life that God is timeless. So I want to encourage you this morning that no matter what age you are, God has a great future for you. And by reason of strength, if he gives you 10, 15, 20, 50 years or more, whatever that is, the way we use our time now, you see, the only currency that heaven understands is the currency of people's hearts and souls. It's the only currency that's valid in heaven, nothing else. We can't take anything with us. So we can have the anointing in the here and the now to do great, the greater works. And I want to read the scripture to you. And if you want the anointing, if you desire it, you can have it, the anointing. The anointing is not exclusive to a pastor or a worship leader or to a bishop. The anointing is for the believer. The anointing is for the believer to minister to the folk in your world. So in Psalm 21, it says this. This is King David. This is one of his psalms. How the king rejoices in your strength, O Lord, he shouts with joy because you give him victory. For you have given him his heart's desire and you have not withheld anything that he requested. So King David was pretty happy. I'm rejoicing in your strength. I know my limits. 
but you've given me the victory nonetheless. I'm rejoicing in it. You've given me the desire of my heart, and you've not withheld anything. Amen? This, there was this time shift in time between Saul and David, and David picked up this fresh anointing. Even, even these seasons of anointing have a time. And so he picks up and he goes on. And there is a dynamic when we operate in a new anointing. We operate and we succeed in a sphere where the old anointing has gone. All right? That's not to say, that's not to say that um, those who are anointed or have been anointed are no longer anointed. It's just that there's something that happens. There's a spirit in the church that gives the church momentum. And the church needs, and these different seasons come through. That's why when you go to a, a convention or to a conference or you go somewhere or you go and be with your church family, even on a Sunday morning, all of a sudden something gives you momentum, the anointing. Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Elisha, this was this transition of the anointing. Amen. And in John 14, 12, it says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I have done. This is Jesus speaking. And even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Amen. So there's greater works to do with the time that we have left. And I believe that spiritual vitality is so important because the, not just the enemy the world, and sometimes just the way we operate in the psychological level, we feel suppressed and depressed. And it's, I believe that there's, the glorious church will be a church that is not subject to that oppression, suppression, or depression, but it will be an alive church and well in all respects. And that is not, that is not to say that we don't go through times of feeling depressed or put upon. These things happen. These are natural things. Seasons, night seasons that come through life. But if we just look forward, there's greater works. And Jesus said, I can do, I mean, can you imagine to do greater works? It's amazing. So we've got to build up our faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, pray in the presence of the Spirit, and then our, our faith will rise, and our boldness will rise. And I know there's bold people here. I know there's confident people here, but it's not self-confidence. It's confidence in the Lord. There's a big difference between that. There were a great many men in the Bible who um, lacked boldness, but God knew that if he could shift their focus from their confidence in themselves or their lack of confidence in themselves and shift it onto him, they'd overcome adversity, them and their people. I mean, Moses was a perfect example of that. He tried to get out of it every, every turn. He says, no, I can't speak. Don't use me. And God must have been like, okay, get your brother. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he was the first, can you imagine? But Moses was still God's chosen man, anointed to lead his people out of, that, out of that bondage. Amen? And I believe that when our focus shifts 
from faith not only, you see, sometimes we can get struck on this faith that supplies all of our needs, fulfills our needs, instead of faith that gives another opportunity for God's name to be spoken and to be thanked. And I believe when you move from the faith to what I need, to faith that says, give me just one opportunity, Lord, to speak your name and to be thankful, then momentum comes. And we said, I think, last week or the week before, spiritual vitality relies on momentum. There's always something happening in your life. There's always something. God is, God is, it's just, there's a flow. And you hear this in Christian circles all the time, and maybe I once never really understood it. What does it mean to be in the flow? Well, Dion mentioned the river this morning. There's a flow. And we, when you're in that river, in the flow, think life is different. It just is. Amen? So we create momentum in our faith life. The greater works provide a platform for greater thanks. And what is at the root of our worship? Thanksgiving. So he's called us all. He says, I've looked all over the earth for you, and eventually I found Angela. My spirit's been roving all. Can I just find one person who will worship me in spirit and in truth and who has a thankful heart? And he will cross over every people, nations to find that person. So at the root of worship is thanks. Amen? And so this is what I believe. In Ephesians 3.16, it says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Unlimited resources. Unlimited resources. Amen. So I mentioned last week, this is going to be a rather brief message today, and I mentioned Billy Graham talking about five things, five disciplines that instill spiritual vitality. And I believe these things are also very time-dependent and timely. So I want to go through these with you. The first one is, and we know this, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. The thing is, if you're not a good, there's a difference between listening and hearing. Some, <laughs> anyone with teenage kids, you know that. <laughs> oh, actually, that you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to just, some, some oh, no, I'm just going to get into a hole. Shut up. <laughs> Stop talking now. We only retain up to about 10% really of what we hear, okay? So we hear so much. And in this world of mobile devices and stuff going off in our ears, there's so much there. So we only rely on about, if all you relied on was coming to church on a Sunday, how would you feel spiritually if you did nothing else? You'd st I think you would be spiritually starved think you'd be, yeah, and we said last week, emptiness, the definition of emptiness is, is, is um, nothing that occupies something, okay, it's nothingness. And so we don't want to be spiritually empty. So we have to rely on more than just hearing, but faith comes by hearing God's word. We hear so many different things, amen? So it's the same with our spirits. If we're, our spirit, our physical bodies we have to be selective about what we put into them, don't we? So it's the same with our spiritual diet as well, with our spiritual health. You know, where you receive your spiritual diet is vitally important because 
if you have this smorgasbord of spiritual food and you're not discerning, sooner or later you're going to get food poisoning. And so it's important to be discerning about where you receive. And we have sunflowers in our garden. And uh, so we got these three sunflowers, and they're literally that size, that size, and that size. That one just didn't make it. And I thought, wow, this big one, it's doing so well. But why is there no flower on the sunflower yet? And I look over our six-foot fence to my neighbor, and I can see their sun. I can actually see their sunflower above their shed. It's about seven feet, seven feet tall. And I'm like, I, I thought this was looking all right. But there's no flower on it. It's not flowered. So now we're disappointed, and we're now, why not? And then it occurred to us, when we mixed the compost for that sunflower, which was only a little thing like that, we took some soil from where our roses are, and we mixed the compost with the soil. And Linda said, our roses have been getting black spot for all you green-fingered people here. And what we've really essentially done is transferred the disease that lives in the soil to our sunflower. And it's not, it's actually, I look at, this is the thing, you look at it and you think it's doing well, but it's not. It's not doing well at all. It's not doing well at all. So hearing is important, but where we hear from is important too. Reading, it's not, reading doesn't just help us to know more. It's designed to help us to know more about the character of God, who he is. Amen. And it was required, if you go back, kings read every day, and it was required. And I think a lot of us have maybe got out of that way of reading. But it's so beneficial to read the Word. His Word is energizing to our souls. And the Word crosses borders. Do you know that you can get a Bible in just about every language on earth? God's Word transcends borders. Amen. And so God's word is powerful wherever it is read. I heard once that in persecuted China, or maybe it was somewhere else, that even if they had a half a page out of a Bible, they, that would sustain them because they would just, they would literally devour that word. And I'm coming on to another uh, thing in a moment about memorizing scripture because one day you might be standing somewhere without a Bible. And I, I, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to fess up. You know, sometimes if I, if if you don't prepare for something and you, you know, don't have notes, you think, oh, I might feel a bit wandered and lost here. But the more word we get into our hearts, the the less likely we are to rely on black and white printed on paper because it's in your heart and in your life. That's important, amen? So God's word gives me is my spiritual food. They say that you retain about 25% of what you read. 10% of what you hear, 25% of what you read. And um, I grew up being taught that a proverb a day, there's 31 of them. A proverb, a proverb helps you keep in right relationship with people and Psalms help you keep in right relationship with God. Because we need wisdom to, to, in our relationships. Yeah. Amen? So this is what he says. The Psalms, and, and if you're a new Christian, the temptation is to read the Bible 
from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> now listen, that might work for some people. But go to the gospel. Go to, go to the red letters. Go to the words of Jesus. And you can go back because he really is types and shadows of the Old Testament or in the New Covenant. You, you end up going back to the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and you get, you get, you get uh, food from there. And then study that awful word that begins with an S. Study. 2 Timothy 2.15, and for our previous Bible school students will know this because it was on the front of everything we got. Study to show yourselves approved a workman who would not be ashamed. So study is, is important. And um, we retain some maybe better than others, I suppose. I never retained much of what I studied. I had to do the cramming the night before. It's like um, lines. I, like, I, was a, I was a parrot fashion learner. Repetit repet repetition. And hopefully when the exam bell goes, I can like, just pour it all out as quickly as I could before I forgot anything. But the purpose of study is not so much to fill your head with stuff. It's to give you understanding of what it is that you're studying. So that's the important thing. Otherwise, you're just memorizing facts. So we need to understand it. Amen. Study lodges things in you that stay there. Amen. And I uh, love this saying, um, you have to know the sorrow of study to know the joy of graduation. <laughs> you have to, it's, you know, especially at school it was a sorrowful thing. <laughs> but, in, but I find that in, in our spiritual lives, study has become a blessing. And it's become something that actually, it will turn. It, you'll, find the, you'll find that going to the Word is not, a, is not burdensome. It's more the revelation begins to flow. And then all of a sudden, like, I've never seen things like that before, and I never knew really that that's what that word meant, you know? And then you go deeper and you, you know, even on things like, um, you know, um, Saul's name changing to Paul, you know, things like that. Well, really, they were just different names in different areas, different regions, and things. So, all so many things we take with as the dogma that we've received over so many years. If we need, to, we need to. That's why two Timothy says, "You study to show yourself approved." I would go away and don't take anything I'm saying for granted. Go and study it yourself. Amen. Mine through God's word. Discover new things through study. The next one's memorization. And uh, this is where we all are like sometimes our own worst enemy. And I, I have to watch your tongue. Oh, I can never remember anything. I never, oh, my memory is just falling off a cliff, you know. And, but if we confess over our minds that we have the ability to retain information. And the thing is about, about remembering God's word, when it's lodged in your heart, it will never shift. If it's just floating around up here and there's all sorts of questions over it and it's like, mm, I don't really understand it, it's not going to stay there. You're going to have no conviction over that word. But if it's lodged down in your heart, I was talking to Lorna because we're going to pray next week for the kids going back to school. What can we give them? And uh, says, well, why don't we give them something along the lines they can fix at their bag or their pencil case? Cast all your cares 
on the Lord. Something like that, something, a prayer that we can give them. Because at that age, I will never forget the scriptures that I learned as a new Christian. They seem to, John 3, 16, all the, 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 the typical ones, that we, and you never forget them, amen? So Psalm 119, verse 11 says, I've hidden your word where? In my heart. I've hidden it in your heart that I might not sin against you. These are these times we might not have a Bible with us. We might not have anything with us, anything written. And these are usually times when you'll be in a front line, an unexpected situation in the midst of a battle. It's only the word that's been committed to our hearts that we can reach in for that the Holy Spirit is there and he's on that word. Amen. That's it. It's only that word. And it's how much of God's word is hidden in our hearts determines how much of God's life is inside of us because God's word is life to those who find it and health and healing to all their flesh. So the word has to be in us, like deep lodged in our heart. Amen? Amen? Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Yes. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen? Amen. When we store God's word in our heart, it's amazing. We begin to see things with God's perspective through his eyes. You know, we pray, Father God, let us know you not like you know our thoughts, but let us know what your thoughts are for this day. Yeah, for these people around me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So memorization is, is, is important. And as you mature, you'll discover other ways of doing that. For some people, it's in action. In the, you know, the best place to learn some stuff is to get sometimes chucked in. It's like I could never have the boldness to start strike up a conversation with some, someone about Jesus. But that may be the very situation you need to be in to let, that's faith in action. Father God, I'm just going to say the first word and it might sound like, uh, and you might be red faced, and, uh, but then something immediately God says, I will fill your, fill your mouth with the words to speak, because God says, I've created you. Your tongue is mine. I've put, your tongue, I've put your tongue in your head. Let me control it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, amen. So, memorization. Find a way that works for you. Amen. And finally, meditation. Meditation moves God's word from our heads to our hearts. It's meditation. Amen. Something that gets into our hearts that's heartfelt becomes permanent. We want God's word to be permanent, not temporary. So meditation makes things more permanent. Joshua 1.8 says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, can you believe that? The NLT, only then. In other words, if you don't, what do you, what do you want to expect? Only then 
Will you prosper and succeed in all you do? Does it say that up there? It does. That's worth reading again quickly. Study this book of instruction. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Meditation is where we journey into revelation. I have such great admiration. I know people sitting in the room today that intercede, that meditate, that spend a lot of time in a quiet place. Those days can come to us all where we were. God, redeem the time. We have, we, we have choices, but redeem time to us. And recognize when God's, God's redeemed time. So it's like, well, where did that half an hour come from? Where did that hour come from? Oh, where did that? Oh, I've got a free day. Because somehow in the run-up to that time, God has taken care of things in the background. And a thing that was meant to come your way to distract you that morning has not arrived. And all of a sudden, you're not plunged into a drama or something because you say, Father God, this morning, I commit my ways to you. Show me your ways. Order my steps. Father God, let everything that would want to debilitate my life today, Father, remove it in Jesus' name. Because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to steal time. The less, the more he can get you occupied in other things, the less time we have to do the important things. Amen? Finally, Luke 2.19. Mary, Mary, Jesus' mother, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Here's her son growing up. He's doing all of these. Beginning, she's beginning to notice the way his ministry is going to do. She knew him so well that when it came to the feast at Cana, before Jesus even did anything, she's already, you need to be prepared. Because this, and, and I think she did put him, that like, oh, it's not my time, mom. No, this is when you're, she, that was when his ministry started. Yes. His mom was there. <laughs> and his, that was it, the first miracle. And she had kept everything in her heart until it was time. Amen kept all of these things in our heart. And I believe that we can be at a place in our lives when we can flow with what the Holy Spirit is doing right on time and uh, keeping our spiritual antenna up so that when the Holy Spirit moves, we can move with him. Just like the, just like Moses, the people in Moses' time, when the cloud was there by day, they they moved in a pillar of fire by night. And that is, that is what God wants us to do. He wants us to move with his spirit in his time. Not to miss, not to be, you know, if you start out and you're aiming for something that's 100 miles away and you're half a degree out at the start, it's like the sunflower. It all looked okay. But when you get to 100 miles, you're 10, you're 10 miles away. And God, and, and we know we go off track. We know that. And by God's grace, he helps us to stay on track. So all is not lost, amen. He will never leave you or forsake you, even when we go down a, a trail that we shouldn't, that, that we've, not that we shouldn't have gone on. Sometimes we don't know any better. 
And so, but he's there and his spirit is there. And if we wait on his spirit and invest time in praying in the spirit, he will, he will cause momentum. That momentum will cause spiritual vitality. Your Christian life will be more exciting. In fact, this place is going to be just... Sundays is like the cork coming off the bottle. It's like the whole week stuff has been stirring in you and Sundays is a time to corporately release that. Amen. And that, and that, that is church. That is our time to praise and worship together. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.